Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by Catanzary Financial Services with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. I'm Tim Priester. We're getting snow here in South Bend. We're ready to go to New York. I think we'll avoid it. Well, I think we're getting. I think there'll be rain in New York actually, but not on game day when Notre Dame takes on number twelve Syracuse. Uh, we've been looking at Syracuse here pretty closely. Eric Dungy, what he's capable of doing at quarterback, a very experienced quarterback. Let's start there actually, because Tommy DeVito, their backup, has been in a few times. And he's done a good job, but it's Eric Eric Dungy's job now. And um, this offense is the best offense that Notre Dame will face this year, and um, it'll be a good matchup against Notre Dame's very good, if not uh, great, defense. I mean, Dungy's issue was availability, not talent. Um, This is the first time he's lasted this long in a season to actually play in the mid and late November. Um, You know, it's you think the quarterbacks that they've they've faced with experience this year. Um, Your guy. Kyle Shermer from Vanderbilt, who I think had a, had a really nice game against Notre Dame. I don't know if he's had a great season. Clayton Thorson, who did not have a great game against Notre Dame, um, has arguably had a good season. Dungy is confusing to me because I think when we saw him a couple years ago, you're we like, oh, this, there's, this is a big guy. He can move around. He can throw it. Um, the fact that he there was ever a doubt in the season that he would continue on with, um, you know, with the starting job is is a bit weird to me um, because I, I maybe maybe we like him more than Dino Babers liked him in the middle of the season. Yeah, well, maybe he got banged up early in the year. I don't know if there was a correlation banged up. He got he actually got poked in the eye in one of the early games, and I don't know if that was at issue. He had a quick trigger with him. I don't have. I'll have that in a preview um, on Friday. Um, you know, but he's a real deal. He's got thirty two rushing touchdowns. He so he's, he's got good size. He can run it. He's the goal line option, just like Thorson was for for Northwestern. Um, I like his receivers. The guy that really catches my eye is Jamal Custis, who's six foot five. I, I, you know, I'd almost say that he's a slightly more athletic Miles Boykin. I, that that may be an exaggeration, but he's a big guy that can make plays, and they they, you know, they use him like the goal to go to guy, like like uh, Notre Dame does with Boykin. Brian Kelly talked about Sean Riley. And Riley and, and Nikeem Johnson are both like in the five eight five nine range, um, so it's a I mean it's a formidable formidable crew with a veteran quarterback that can get them football. I'm confused as to why they struggle in the, with the red zone offense when you have a veteran quarterback that can run. I know, and their kicker strange. Their, their kicker's twenty seven for twenty nine. Yeah, they, they score chip the, shots. They, all. they score the red zone. They don't score enough right, touchdowns. Right, they're, right. They're, I think they're second in drives with points this year, but there's twenty seven field goals in that. Which is just, I mean, that's just too many. You can't, it, in today's era, you you need to be 27, 27 field in 10 goals. 10 games? Yeah, and 50 touchdowns. So they are, uh, that's about, that's tied with Ohio State. Like, you know, it's good to give context in these things. That's tied with Ohio State. Um, but 27 field goals. Yeah, he's, I think he's four away from the record. Um, I think it's four, but we. Is it really? We may find out this weekend if Notre Dame's red zone defense has a good day. 
Yeah, I guess Syracuse is confusing to me uh, yeah. for, for a lot of reasons. I a mean, lot of people are confused by the quarterback situation. Um, I'm not really sure how good they are based on who they played. You know, it was Clemson, Clemson performance. There was so much that went into that with Trevor Lawrence, Kelly Bryant. I mean, that maybe said more about Clemson. Chase Bryce, than, yeah, came yeah. In quarterback Thompson. Um, you know, that's the. I think that was the week that Bryant quit the team. Yeah, so Lawrence, was. Lawrence yeah, so was the only available. guy, and then yeah. he gets hurt. Um, you know, to to put up a lot of points at Wake Forest and Louisville doesn't do much for me. Um, yeah, what about fifty one against NC State? I guess, yeah. Well, I mean, I think what you're it's not nothing. At, but it, what, <laughs> well, it's like the for example, this is a. The, I think I have a hard time knowing when a team is they're number one in the country among power. Well, number one among power five teams in turnovers gained and turnover 25. margin. Is that because you're really good and you force turnovers, or is that like you've just been exceptionally lucky this year? Well, they've got 14 interceptions and they've got a pass rush, so there. I think there's the correlation there. The fumbles, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah. is, that, is that? Yeah, when when you look at like fumbles forced, is that really? Are you really creating that, or is that more on the opponent? I, I think that kind of can go both ways sometimes. That's why they're confusing to me. It's like I'm not yeah. really sure what to make of them. I, there's two ways to look at them. First, Clemson is in a different, not a different plane than Notre Dame, but on a different plane than everybody else on Syracuse's schedule. Syracuse played them tight. Obviously, they have a little thing going with Clemson in that they beat them last year and did not get blown out by them this year with what a 28 point spread or something in that game. People think revenge match. Then there's everybody else. The everybody else's, though, if you highlight them, would be Pitt and NC State, right? Those would be the two viable, capable teams. I mean, they lit them up offensively, but they could not stop right. Pittsburgh. They gave up. Uh, yeah, NC State had 541 yards total offense, and Pittsburgh rushed for 265. Now, Notre Dame, or, uh, excuse me, Mike McAllister, our uh, Cuse Nation publisher, he did mention, and, and sometimes we don't look at other teams' perspectives of what's going on. He said Clemson beat them twice. That was the Pitt game. Basically, oh. it basically followed the Clemson game. He said, "Look, you know, you sure they didn't play great, but it's usually the preparation. And then when your preparation meets a physical team that you don't really feel like tackling for sixty minutes, and they run it down your throat, so you can kind of see that happen. But I, I will say, I think Notre Dame should have success running the ball against Syracuse. I mentioned this to Brian Kelly. I don't understand a team that is great third down defense." is great sacking the quarterback, and it's not good against the run because you normally, to be good on third down and to be able to sack the quarterback, you should be stopping now, the run. Another reason why we're confused by that. Yeah, you know, I, they've only defeated two teams with winning records, and NC State's one and Western Michigan's the other one. And against Western Michigan, they gave up 42, 42 points. points. That was first game of the year. So How many has Notre Dame? <laughs> first game of the year? How many has Notre Dame defeated with a winning record? Three? Uh, Stanford, Michigan, and Northwestern. Right? I know Brian Kelly said that they've defeated more bowl teams than anybody else in the country, but that's last year's bowl teams. Yeah, I asked um, last year's bowl teams. Yeah, I think that they've defeated four teams Tech. with winning records. Tech is under five, right? Uh, yes. Yes, they are now. Mandy. Uh, yep. Yeah, I think I couldn't think of the fourth, but there's probably a fourth out there. But I mean, <laughs> what they they needed North or Syracuse right, right. needed oh, double. Pittsburgh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Sorry. Yeah. Syracuse needed double overtime to beat North Carolina at home. Yeah, North Carolina still has one victory. I, I don't want to, you know, I mean, I, we, we've they're said confusing. That. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're confusing. They're, they are confusing, and I don't, you know, I, I, I think you have to be careful about judging a team based upon its opponents because they can't control that. I think you have to judge them on face value, but it's a factor. It's certainly something that you have to factor into it that they, you know, I mean, how good is the ACC this year? I don't know. It's not very thing. good. They've scored on 79 drives, though, so they have an offense. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that, yeah, there's no, there's no mistaking, there's no mistaking that they're, I mean, they're a handful offensively. They're running almost ninety plays a game. They can run the football, which is what really makes everything problematic. That's interesting to me because Clemson. Now I know we're talking about a heck of a defensive line against the run, but Clemson destroyed. They made them completely one. They did. They did. Dungey had eleven yards, and there was only one sack in the game. It has nothing to do with sacks. Think about that. So does Notre Dame have that type of defensive line? No. No. No, they don't. But they have a really good one. Yeah. And yes. on third down, they have a really, really good one to get after Dungey. It's the guys behind them that you need to worry about a little bit more on third down. Yeah. It's, I mean, Syracuse seems like they could. I mean, between Notre Dame and Boston College on the last two weeks, like, they're going to get beat up pretty bad um, by the end of the season. And if Notre Dame doesn't do it, which they probably will, Boston College will. And they, whew. I mean, yeah, that's, a yeah. rough, that's a rough couple. Of you know, it's yeah. pretty easy to see Syracuse finishing 8-4, and 5-3 and three in the conference, and, and that being a great year. Um, yeah, they were 4-8 they were eight. Eight last year. Um, you know, or, or maybe getting Boston College at the end. But I don't know. It's just, I think it was uh, Pete Thamel from Yahoo Sports was on a podcast, and he described... Notre Dame is a better version of Syracuse. Like, there's nothing that Syracuse does better than Notre Dame, and they do a lot of the same things. Well, P. Thamel must hate Notre Dame, huh? <laughs> yeah, everybody has to. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I think he went to Syracuse. Oh no. no, but I mean, it was it was a it was, he did, did it he? Was, yeah, it was basically what he was saying is like I don't see any way Syracuse wins the game because there's not one thing that Syracuse does better than Notre Dame, and they sort of approach things in a very similar manner. I only have one. You're not allowed to hit Ian Book in practice with his broken yeah. rib. You are allowed to hit him in a game. And that's the only way yeah, I think Notre Dame true. struggles uh, to... I think Notre Dame will light up Syracuse with the, with the healthy Ian Book. Just light uh, the, the nine. I don't I know. Agree. Has the nine and a half point spread moved at all? I mean, that that in itself at a neutral site tells you the disparity between the two teams, I think. Um, yeah, they, they I think, think Notre yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, now there yeah, there's also and and I just, you know, it's I mean, it's time Brian Kelly I thought handled it well Tuesday. It's just time oh, to move. Yeah. It's I time mean, to move past we it. Get to and if Notre Dame, if Notre Dame <laughs> loses in Yankee Stadium, that doesn't mean they would have won in Notre Dame Stadium. They have won 11 in a row, you know. Well, they have. They have. I'm just I'm just saying that if they if they well, you know what? All hell's yeah, going to so, break loose if they lose. Right. We all know that. If you want to be technical about it, Brian Kelly's great in neutral set games. So, here you go. Well, that's that's good because that's what that's, they own the Shamrocks. They do. They do own the shit. And this is who's been a more difficult opponent than Syracuse in the Shamrock series. Arizona, Arizona State. Arizona State. Yeah. Yeah. Arizona State Dallas. was legitimately good. Yeah, yeah, um, um, yeah. And uh, you know, I, Syracuse is is they're real, real vulnerable to big plays, which Nordame with Ian Book is capable of racking up a bunch of them. Um, you know the strong third down defense. Um, I, I, I think a lot of that has to do with some of the opponents that they are yeah, playing. Now that, there, there's where I think you can bring in the opponent with that spe- specific statistic. I know there. You know, give Dino Babers a lot of credit. Yeah, uh, he's we, done a hell of a job. Plane. Dino Babers had a really good year. They're number twelve in the country because of his excellent overhaul of the program. But now you're talking about stepping up to playoff level football, and that's the only skepticism. If Notre Dame was. 2014, I mean, it's weird because they were so bad in November, but a reg- 2013 regular Notre Dame team, this would be a problem game, right, where you can't really score that much, your your defense is good, not great. But, I mean, Notre Dame is supposed to be one of the three best teams in the country right now, and if they are, they will handle, with Ian Buck, they will handle Syracuse. Yeah, I mean, the third down, because Western Michigan was 2 of 10 on third down and scored 42 points. 
So like maybe well, that, that's, maybe that's maybe it's the first and second. No, that was problem. something that, that yeah. was so that was something I wrote when I gave like a little breakdown of strengths and weaknesses on Tuesday that maybe opponents just don't get to third down yeah. very often. Right. Now now you know, and then I looked up how many third downs they face, and that's not necessarily true. But I think in a lot of instances opponents don't need third down in order to have success against them. Pittsburgh was three of twelve and scored forty four points. Yeah. They don't have a great D. Syracuse does not have a great team. They, they do have, but they have Alton, weird Robinson, of Alton Robinson coming off the edge, who's mo- and talking to Robert Hainsey on, on Wednesday. They don't move their defensive ends around. So it'll be Hainsey against Alton Robinson, number 94. You'll see the number. He's quick. He's good. He's going to be a handful for Hainsey. And, yeah. And that, I mean, I was on a radio show in Syracuse yesterday, and I was, they were sort of like, okay, how does Syracuse win the game? Um, so I, I think that we would all agree that like Notre Dame's offensive line, in terms of who you have the most to least confidence about in terms of units, would probably be at the bottom. Um, but I said I'm more in the the thought of like Syracuse is not going to beat Notre Dame's offensive line with scheme. They're just going to beat them in one on one pass rush situations. Uh, Brian Burns really gave yep, Liam Mike Burns Bird, everything yeah. he handled, both Winovich and Gary against Michigan. So Al- if Alden Robinson has a great game. That's how the this that's how it gets yes. tight. Um, you know, and it, it doesn't even need to be sacks. It could be a tip ball, it could be know, something Quara. crazy. Um, you know, all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, Notre Dame has more. Notre Dame has three Alton Robinsons, and Syracuse only yeah, has one. Yeah, and Kendall Coleman is the other defensive end. He has seven sacks, and he's the one that will predominantly be going against Eichenberg. Okay. So I'm not sure. I don't know. It's um, a really interesting. That that's I think. Their defensive ends versus Notre Dame's offensive tackles. That's yes. the one matchup within the game where you're like, eh, I could see yeah. where Notre Dame could get into some trouble. I agree with you there, but I would say Burns is a different animal than either one of them. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's um, a, holy. Yeah, he's, yeah oh, I, I, I love that. Yeah, game. no, I, lo- yeah. I love that. That that that's a He looks good in a football he uniform. He does look good in a football uniform. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's a big-time athlete. But uh, you're gonna, uh, Alton Robinson, I think you're going to be impressed Are with as well. you talking about when the TV zoned in and he had that black mask on that was just covering his eyes and he was in a two-point stance? He thought, someone's getting sacked here, man. <laughs> <laughs> scared, this dude's scaring the crap out of me. All right, we, we'll talk more about uh, Syracuse in the second segment, but I did want to briefly touch uh, on the verbal commitment from Maris Liu Fao, the uh, linebacker from Hawaii, Brian Polian on the recruitment. Clark Lee obviously gave total approval and, and recruited him this past weekend. When a kid from Hawaii comes in for a game, and it's one of the coldest that Notre Dame plays in at home, and he it always works apparently. I, yeah, <laughs> I, it, it, it worked for. Well, he is from the same high school as Manti Teo. Uh, did a film review on him. Check that out on IrishIllustrated.com um, this morning. Good football player, undersized, listed six two and a half, probably closer to six one. Used to be a cornerback. I mean, he was first recruited as a cornerback, so he's just up to two ten and just growing into it. But a kid that can move, um, probably a project just under the circumstances since he was on the back end of the defense and now the front end. But you know, a, a kid that's mobile and has now t- really tightened things up for Notre <clears throat> Dame's class of twenty nineteen recruiting class. They now have twenty. Isaiah Foskey is still in play. Asa Turner, maybe, maybe not. He'll probably stay with Washington. I think uh, that's the spot that Maris takes. Is Asa yeah, Turner? Pr- yeah, know, probably Turner. No, J- what, what about J.D. Bertrand? I, 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 you know, I'm not sure because there was talk about uh, when his scholarship might kick in. I, you know, I don't know, but things are really tight, and I think they have a decent 
a decent prospect there that they can work with. Somebody was asking me last night, it's like, what do you think of this guy? You know, three-star, all that. And I, I get that. But, like, what do, what do Hawaii prospects have in common? They all, Manti Teo included, have played above their star ranking. Yeah, Kona began. Well, this, this kid's skill set certainly yeah. suggests that he can play above his star I mean, ranking. I don't know what it is there. I don't know why Alohi Gilman, Kona Schwenke, Myron Tagovailoa, Robbie Toma, and Manti Teo have all been better than what everyone thought. They're like, not everyone, but Manti Teo was more than a five star prospect here. Oh, yeah. By yeah. the end of it, he was the second like, like best player in the country. I mean, exactly. Was... So I would take a chance on. One kid from Hawaii every yeah, single great, you know, great motor, uh, a guy that can blitz from the second level, uh, a guy that 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 plays sideline to sideline. He does all the things, all those things. I don't. It keeps the pipeline open. You know, I mean, we can. Yeah, I mean, nice. I don't know about the size. I the the tackling techniques a little out there sometimes, uh, but you know, you can you you're you're looking for the the uh, the the body and the way he moves and and he can do that. So we'll see, but. He's, you know, it's fair to list him as a three star, and he, sure. he probably yeah, will. He probably will play above that. So, anyway, just wanted to get that in before we finish segment one. We'll be back for segment two, burning up the boards. Questions from our readers. Irish Illustrated Insider is brought to you by Anderson, Augustino, and Keller, attorneys at law, with offices in South Bend, Indiana, serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino, and Keller at 574-288-1510 or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com. Segment two, Burning Up the Boards, Irish Illustrated Insider, and this segment is brought to you by Anderson, Augustino, and Keller. We start with a question from Amish Prez. How confident are you that Notre Dame will have the same two coordinators next season? Pretty confident. Um, probably more confident than you should be in college football in 2018. For a 10-0 team. For a 10-0 and team, because it, it's pretty rare. No, I mean, to be fair, after 2012, both coordinators came back. Um, but I think if Chip Long comes back for a third year, he would be the longest tenured offensive coordinator wow. since, like, Bill Diedrich, maybe? I think that might and be we're, gl- and we're and glad that era is over. Yeah, he would tie him. Yeah, he tie him. I know that's the only place he tie. No, him. hey, I think <laughs> I think Haywood might have been four years. Um, he was gone by. I think he might have left before Weiss's last year. He did. He left yeah. before Weiss's yeah, last so year. That was so four. yeah, that yeah. so yeah, since Mike Haywood, which doesn't really like four years does not strike you as like wow, yeah, long time. I mean, it's a little different. These guys are very young. Chip Long does not strike me as the kind of guy that's just going to take any job. Um, I think I you think would. He likes I think you would agree with yeah. that, Pete. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think there are some jobs he would take. Like, I don't think he's probably in a position to like wait out a Power Five job. No, true. No, but he doesn't. Also, he would have no reason to jump ship. Looking at like, boy, oh boy, we have a rebuild going on next year on offense. They have no. the offense he wants coming back next year with with right. most weapons, one hundred percent. But hey, when they're you know, and th- th- this is. I mean, this is the way it is. I, I wouldn't expect, you know, the whole Elko thing that unfolded last year. I wouldn't expect anything like that. That was a that was a unique situation. I, I imagine if somebody steps up and says, "I'm going to pay a coordinator a couple million dollars," then it can happen again. But I think that that was somewhat of a unique situation. We're looking at a head coaching job, and you know, Chip Long's young. I mean, Clark Lee's young. I, I, 
can it happen? Certainly, but I tend to agree with you, Pete, that I don't think it'll happen after this year. It would have to be a weird set of circumstances for it to happen. Like, I, I don't think either of them are leaving for another coordinator job. No, I, Lee, I mean, Lee for sure is not. Yes. Um, long, it's almost like, you know, if Auburn needed an OC and yeah. they're like, hey, here's $1.5 he million. Dollars. He does, he does look like it in South Bend. Seems to, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think probably more than more than he thought coming in. I mean, his wife's from Chicago area, so right. it's not like he has no roots here uh, for his entire family. But I mean, Lee just sort of generally likes Notre Dame. Lee uh, will not. Lee will not pull an Elko. He, no, he he no. he won't do that. No, I I don't think so. I mean, he was at Wake Forest for one year. Before coming to Notre Dame, but I said yeah, before but to that, leaving Wake, Wake Forest, Forest and leaving right, Notre Dame, Dame are different, um, a bit different. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think that Lee, I think Lee could easily be Brian Kelly's last defensive coordinator. I mean, Lee is somebody that I could see here for four yeah. or five years because um, I mean he's he's had a good year. I think that Long, who's the guy that Notre Dame nominated for the Broyles Award, has probably had a probably had a better year considering the quarterback change, just how he sort of reinvent the offense on the fly. Whereas I, I think that we would agree, like Lee is benefiting from really good personnel. Like, Lee has better personnel than what Mike Elko had. Well, we were all very high after camp on the defense. The defense has played well. Yeah. The pass rush is better than we ever thought it was right. going to be. But we all thought the defense leaving camp was the strength of the team. It has been. We didn't think that they are going to all of a sudden score five or six touchdowns all the time with their quarterback. Nope. Because they made that change. Now, we should clarify, you cannot nominate both. Correct. Notre Dame had to put out one, and they put out Elko last year. Right. Right. A question from Terry Benedict. Two games left. After what game did you start to think that this team could go undefeated? Pittsburgh, because that was the fly in the ointment. They're going to blow this game, feeling the entire game. And once that ended and they were going to the bye, I thought they shouldn't. But after, now they shouldn't lose. But after they won at Virginia Tech, you didn't think? I just figured there'd be a bad game somewhere along the way yeah. still. you know. I mean, I could say Stanford because they look so good. But uh, we picked them to beat Virginia Tech. So, right. you know, that... Pittsburgh, well, you knew there was going to be a bad game. I didn't know it was going to be Pittsburgh. You know something's going to happen in a season. It did. And after yeah. it was over, I thought, well, they just dodged it. That's it right there. I thought, I think I had to get to Northwestern, really. I mean, it's like kind of a weird road environment, team that plays well at home. Like, I don't know. Northwestern was the game that I think that, you know, P- Pittsburgh is a good point. Um, we didn't see but the it, Pittsburgh what, game coming at all. Though. There wasn't yeah. anything like at Stanford or Virginia Tech that made me think, yep, they're going undefeated. Um, I think it just needed a little bit more in well, the bank. It, well, the question was, when did you start to think that they could go undefeated? And, and I would say Virginia Tech. What time did I mean, USC was, become an <laughs> invalid program? Yeah. And I was like, that was the time. Maybe yeah. that would be the one. I mean, I think I think after Virginia Tech, and, and we all picked Notre Dame to win that game, and I had them by double digits. I don't remember what you guys had, Not but um, I think I did. Um, so, I mean, I started to think at that point, I didn't think that they would have a letdown game against Pittsburgh, which they did, although, you know, Pat Narduzzi and his defense, I guess we kind of should have anticipated that. But, I, you know, it first occurred to me, I guess, Virginia Tech, but Northwestern definitely was always in the back of my mind because that was my preseason game that scared the daylights yeah. out of me. And it was a three-point game. At, at, Norton was clearly the better team, but it was a three-point game at, at, in the fourth quarter. Maybe I'm answering would go undefeated after Northwestern. Okay. I thought they would yes, go undefeated. Okay. Oh, yeah, I okay. thought I could after, after they dodged a bullet. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, yeah. that's probably a good way to split the difference on that. Got it. At B-Man 2017, I'm curious if Ian Book will become the first quarterback to be a captain on a Brian Kelly team at Notre Dame. What are your thoughts? Mm, 
pretty good chance. I mean, I think that you look at the offense next year, it's hard. Let's say Miles Boykin leaves. Uh, Sam Muster was obviously gone. There's nobody on the offensive line that I no, think would rise good. to the level of captain. Nobody at running back. Cole Komet, no. Um, wide receiver, I mean, is, is Chris Fink going to be a captain? I don't think they'd make him a captain necessarily. Well, let's just say you, need, you want two. Yeah. So let's, say, let's just say Fink's one. Who's right. the other one? It's obviously Ian Book, is yeah. it not? I would think so. Yeah, it's a good question. Julian, I, yeah. Julian loves a captain next year if he's back. hopefully and if he's back. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, but he would—he's clearly the captain if he's back yes. next year. You don't think you think Julian O'Quarr will be captain? <laughs> we we, we now we're hey, uh, no, look, Julian O'Quarr is a great football player, hey, but he doesn't look at you know, I mean, He doesn't want. He doesn't want the responsibility. He would be the first guy to turn yes. it down. Right. <laughs> he would turn. Yeah, he would probably turn it. Down. I think there's a pretty good safety who would be a captain. Yeah, I was sure. thinking the same thing. That's that's the next one too. That's boy. Can you imagine if Chris Fink. The walk-on and Alohi Gilman, the Navy transfer, are captains along with Ian yeah. Buck, the three-star quarterback that nobody had known. Yeah, Has that ever right. happened to a defending national champion? <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I mean, I think Book would welcome it. You know, I mean, I think Book. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like he talked about uh, being being his recent fame and being noticed, and he liked it. I think that I think he would want that responsibility. He's kind of a quiet dude. I yes. mean, he's not, you know, but yeah, he was. It was more cool when he stepped up to the podium and said, "Let's do this." And then now we talk to him every week. Like, boy, he's kind of quiet. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like, oh, this yeah. is great. Did you hear what he said? I mean, and he's, he just not, to he's not Tom Clements quiet, but he does He does have some of that. You guys don't remember. But, I mean, he does have some of that kind of quiet leadership that that I think would work very well. Maddie Hebs, 14. What possible scenario is there for a one-loss Notre Dame team to still make the college football playoff? One, this is the most important one, Alabama wins out. That wipes out the SEC. Yep. Um, I think that you need Oklahoma and West Virginia both to absorb another loss, which but is to each other. Not even that. I mean, West Virginia plays at Oklahoma State this weekend. Okay, um, that that could be a, a loss, but it doesn't matter how they get it; just that they get it, um, and that's it. You Michigan to beat Ohio State. Um, I think that if Michigan loses to Ohio State, then eleven and one Notre Dame will be ahead of eleven and two Michigan. You think? Oh no! It wouldn't even be eleven and two. It'd be ten, 10 and two. Yeah, you're right. They, they wouldn't make, they would make the Big Ten championship. Right. So that would be Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Notre Dame. No, I'm just saying Big Ten champion. I oh, mean, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Michigan yes. could win out. Yeah. like yeah. at that point, the Big Ten sort of irrelevant. You're saying Big Twelve need to both lose plus Georgia. Yeah, you need That's the Big Twelve. You need Oklahoma and West Virginia to both take one more loss um, in Georgia. And Georgia to lose to Alabama. Oh, I think that's really it because I have a very difficult time seeing eleven and one Notre Dame getting left out for twelve and one Washington State. I, I do too because the Pac twelve is so yeah. bad, yeah. Um, and they will have lost to a six loss USC. Now, if Notre Dame, what if Notre Dame's loss is USC? Well, then I mean, I, I guess it's a wash. Yeah. But yeah, I think the loss would. I mean, it have would, to be this it would have to be, yeah, it would have to be Syracuse, and then Syracuse would have to beat Boston College. So you've come around to my way of thinking, Pete, that one loss Ohio State Big Ten champions that beat Michigan and Northwestern will get in over Notre Dame if it comes down to it or not. Let's say Oklahoma wins. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. I, th- I think there's a lot of distaste for Ohio State for multiple reasons. One, But one of them on the field is they got their butt kicked at Purdue. I um, think they would overlook that in most years and not this year with what happened off the field. On Washington State. Their non-conference schedule. Oh, that's terrible. At Wyoming, home to San Jose State, home to Eastern Washington. It's difficult for me to look at them and say, like, yep, yeah, that's a team that beat Cal by six, 
Stanford by three, um, Utah by four, lost to USC by three. That's a team that you would say, like, yeah, that's one of the four best teams. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say. I can't imagine them jumping Notre Dame because their yeah. Pac-12 championship game is irrelevant. I guess I've kind of avoided talking about because Notre Dame should win their last two games. Yeah, I agree. They're, they're better than both of these teams if they play. Ian Book, of course, being a key contributor to the, the whole situation. But What was your thought on that, what I said, that if, let's say, Ian Book's – ineffective because his rib doesn't allow him to throw passes very far or he gets hit and he can't move. What happens if Brandon Wimbush plays three and a half quarters? A little dicey. It will be. It's a one-score game. Yeah. It's a one-score game. You should should still be able to score quite a few points, but at at that point, you know, when, what, at what point does it happen? Early. Yeah, well, then, then, then. I mean, consider how that second half went for Notre Dame with offensively against Florida State. Maybe he can build upon last. No, no. I guess not because he's never done that before. Uh, Andy Josh, what do you think are the best offensive and defensive game plans for Notre Dame versus Syracuse? I like this question about the defense because Brian Kelly looked like he was kind of working through something too. You play a nickel, they are going to run like crazy, and if you play the base, they're going to employ the the horizontal stretch to go with their vertical stretch and. I think they're going to play more base, Notre Dame. I, I do too. I, I think first and foremost, you have to stop the run. Yeah, um, you, you you have you like your secondary. It's a good. Your corners are good. Troy Pride's back in the saddle again. I I think for I think where I think where Syracuse really hurts you is when when they can run the football. Yeah. Then now everything opens up. I guess that's kind of a general rule for offensive football, but. Yeah, it's tougher with them, though, because you're spread out. If they're running the football while you're spread out with your nickel tacklers in there, it's not as – I don't and like need, having Griffith and Coleman in tackling Yeah, people. and I – you know, I mean, Tranquil was out – he was outside of the box most of last yeah. week. And that, and and you just become – he's less effective. Coney was less effective as it went on. Right, because now blocked. he's – yeah, now he, yeah. And he's kind of he's kind of guessing and shooting yeah. a gap, and if it's the wrong one, then there's nobody else there – in the middle, or at least that's the way it, it looked on several occasions last week. For what it's worth, again, the nickel defense last week against Florida State faced 24 carries and allowed 106 yards. Florida State's run defense terrible, so that's actually above average run performance offense, yeah. for them. Rush offense. Yes, yes. Um, but I think that that would be a winning performance yeah, but, for Notre Dame this weekend. Yeah, but they're not going to run but, for 106 yards against this offense yeah. is running for more than that against the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like if if they're sort of in the four yards per carry, they'll be okay. Yeah, now, their leading rusher is questionable. Moniel is questionable for this weekend. I'm not sure off the top of my head what the injury is, but I saw him listed as questionable. They have other guys. They've got... They've got two other running backs that have six rushing touchdowns apiece, and Eric Dungy is a, is a huge weapon for them in the blue zone. But, um, you know, I mean, he's their leading rusher for a reason. And yeah, if he's 32 rushing touchdowns as a team. That's pretty good. Yeah, and Dungy's got – Dungy has 12. Yeah, 12 of them. But, I mean, that, that's eight, nine more than Notre Dame, eight more than Notre Dame, this, comparatively speaking. 32 rushing touchdowns is a lot in 10 games. I know there's a lot. They got got a lot of them on, against bad defenses. They got a few against Wagner. They're used to moving the ball, so they're they're not they're not Florida State's rushing offense. I mean, Notre no. Dame literally played no. a defense thinking Florida State cannot conceivably beat us by running the football, and they were right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could make an argument that Notre Dame's rushing defense should have been better than it was last <laughs> week, uh, based on Florida State's performance through the previous nine games. They were pretty bad. Offensive game plan. We should probably hit him since he has defensive offense. Well, I think, I mean, I think every with Ian Book, I think everything's in play. I, you know, I think you can do, 
you know, I, I, you, 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 you do what Chip Long does with Ian Book as his quarterback. I think everything's pretty much in play. Yeah, maybe a little bit more Mack and Komet, I guess. You know, I don't think Syracuse linebackers are very good, um, but I don't think their secondary is very good either. So I, it's kind of really, if, if it's a healthy Ian Book, yeah, I mean, it really should be like all you can eat for Notre Dame's offense. I agree. I mean, NC, if NC State is, and Ryan Finley's good, veteran quarterback, but if NC State's at 540, I, certainly Notre Dame can be there as well, if not. Notre Dame's receivers of the in-book are really good. <laughs> I can't keep saying this enough. Notre Dame, Chris Fink, Miles Boykin, and Chase Claypool with book are a dynamic threesome. Should we bring up, do we have a concern about Claypool's health? Uh, Just merely upon the fact that he didn't show up for an interview yeah, yesterday. Yeah, he was, he was scratched last night for a scheduled interview to get treatment, but treatment could be anything. I mean, you could you could have any <laughs> mild injury after a football practice that they say, well, there's no reason for you to go talk to the media. Go get treated, right? That, that yeah. sounds yes. pretty easy. So, yeah, just some, we'll just it's say something it because that if you don't, if, it's happened you know, before that way. The, yeah. the guy didn't come out, and there was a reason he didn't come out. Uh, CMU Penns fan has the pass rush of Notre Dame fallen off some, or are more teams combating it with a quick passing game? I think this is one of the things Syracuse will absolutely do. Um, the quick pass, they'll, they will get the ball out really quickly. Um, yeah, I guess the the pass rush last week, I think they they only had one sack. Yeah, but they, they had, they had but ten quarterback. Cow, they were all yeah. over his ass. They, they had, had ten, ten quarterback hurries. Yeah, I had su- ten hurries down. I had twelve hurries down. Yeah. What was surprising for me is like so when I watched in the tape, I'm sort of checking: was the guy under pressure or was he not under pressure? And through the first eight games of the year, quarterbacks under pressure against Notre Dame were completing 31.9 percent of their passes with one touchdown and two interceptions. Francois finished eight of sixteen, um, so he. I don't know if I would describe it as a courageous performance. He played um, well. His receivers Trump. let him down in a huge, yeah. huge way. They but did. He, he was sort of the exception to the rule. Usually quarterbacks, when they under the, the kind of pressure Notre Dame puts you under, fold, uh, and he stood in there. I think Dungy will probably be a lot more like Francois. So it's like, I don't know if the, the, the pass rush is dropping off. I just think they're playing a little bit better level of quarterback who knows how to deal with pressure. I think that's fair. Like Clayton Thorson would be included in that group. Yeah. He was, he was, I had him at four of six uh, under pressure, but he took five sacks. And if anybody, I mean, Dino Babers will adjust. If anybody's going to adjust to a pass rush, he's going to be on top of that. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is also the toughest matchup against an offense from a coaching perspective, too. Dino Babers definitely knows what he's doing in this realm. He'll have adjustments, too, just like Clark Lee and Brian Kelly and Chip Long have. I mean, this is, is it the best coach? They faced. Pat Fitzgerald's a really good coach in a different way. I mean, I mean, Harbaugh's okay. Yeah, right? no, I mean, so they, they didn't play Michigan this year, though. People. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> this year, yeah, this year you're talking about. Yeah, that was the. <laughs> it was. I mean, if it was in August, I could see. Yeah. But it was September first. No. I was just setting that up. Yeah. We, Sorry, we, I, we just. I, yeah, I didn't we, him, so we're. Uh, say something. Yeah. This is the. This is the uh, non. Uh, well, you saw my tweet uh, about promoting asking questions today. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, from Twitter, at Frank Sayer 3 whose defensive line is better, Syracuse or Florida State? I think Florida State on the strength of Brian Burns, right? Brian I Burns mean, makes it so he's... Well, on the run defense in general, I mean, yeah. I, I think it's pretty clear. I, I like the pass rushers that Syracuse has, but who has it's, the better defensive line? The whole line? team is so badly put together and I mean, coached and stuff. It's hard to, really hard. That's you know, like, Florida State's kind of amazing, in fact... 
Their rush defense was so good, and their linebackers are awful. Their linebackers are terrible. Like it's hard to have a good rush defense with bad linebackers, <laughs> which means your defensive line is awesome. Yeah, so Florida yeah. State. <laughs> but those, the linebackers matter a little bit too, right? Yeah. That, I don't get it. How do they not get linebackers are also bad. Yeah, I realize, you know, at this stage of the season, Willie Taggart's head is probably spinning. But what, what was he doing during the game? I mean, what? <laughs> what way? What, no, I mean, just what was he thinking? Yeah. What was he contributing? Oh, what was he... Pete, you mentioned on Monday, and we'll get past this then because it doesn't matter anymore. But the the end of the first half, I mean, what what are you got, what are you doing? They what are you their, doing? They used all their timeouts. Well, I realize like, that, but you but fourteen still, minutes left in the second quarter, they're out of timeouts. Yeah, yeah. but you still you, there was still a way to complete a pass and kick a field goal. <laughs> Didn't make any sense. I, you know, I, I know you're down thirty yeah. two to I, six I, at that I point. I think once but, the sack happened, they want to call it. I, I, I know, but you can't. You You're can't saying that's not a good that idea. Way. No, I just and I realize that it's at this stage of the season for Florida State, it's it's so demoralizing it, for them more than others because of what they're accustomed they to. Were they like two turnovers in their first eight plays or something? Yeah. It was, yeah. But, All right, so C Norman eighty three over under Syracuse rushing one hundred and fifty yards and Syracuse passing two hundred and fifty yards. Over and under. Over I, on the rushing. I, over on the rushing. Oh. Under on the passing. I think Notre Dame's pass defense is legitimately good. I mean, it, what do they get? They've given up six passing touchdowns all year. Yeah, five point three yard. They're second. They're second in the country in yards per passing attempt behind Michigan. Yeah, they're not. I don't. I don't think behind Michigan. So if I was Syracuse, I would try to run the ball more. Like, yeah. and I wouldn't just run up the middle because I do think sort of like getting out on the edge and. Making corners make plays, uh, you know, maybe getting Asmar Bilal turned around a little bit. I mean, that was, of all of all the guys on Norm's defense, Bilal struggled. He barely played last week, but I mean, Cam Makers really shook him uh, on that wild yeah. play. And I just think if I was Syracuse, I would hit Notre Dame outside the hash marks as much as I possibly could and see what happens. I don't think going up the middle is the way to go. I would say one of these is definitely going over because of Syracuse's offense. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's yeah. good. No, that's a pretty good way of putting um, it. I, I, would, I would guess Syracuse rushing is more than 150. I, well, now, again, getting back to a previous question, depends upon how Nordane plays it defensively. If they're, more, if they're in base more, then... They, they are looking to take something away. Not everything. I think, they're looking, I think they're looking to take away the running game totally agree. first. Um, yeah, that's smart. I, well, it is. I, that's why I say it's a basic tenet of of defensive football. I also, get that, against but Syracuse, it shouldn't be. The, I mean, that that's the way to handle them more. I think. It's, um, well, I mean, I think it is. Eric Dungy, two hundred fifty yard passing games this year. Clemson was two hundred fifty exactly, but he had eleven. Connecticut, he had two eighty six. NC State, four eleven. That's it. Yeah, two fifty exactly against Clemson. Yeah, two fifty exactly against Clemson. When I mean, they they, they, had, they had to. Yeah. They couldn't run at all. So that's why one goes over for me. I just, yeah, I, and if you, I think Syracuse would be would be fine. Like, if Syracuse is over one hundred and fifty and under two hundred and fifty, that's to Syracuse's advantage yes. in a lot of ways. I think if Syracuse is under one hundred and fifty, then and Ian books out in the field, we're not worrying too much about what's happening. That's kind of a no chance situation yeah. if they're on, if they're under one. I'm just, I think. I'm really interested to see Syracuse's uh, receivers up close because you have the you have Nikeem Johnson and Sean Riley, the the little ones, which. You know, look if you're in if you're playing nickel and you're trying to match up with Nick Coleman, and you know, it's, it's not issue, man. yeah. I mean, it's 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 not a great matchup, and I really like Jamal Custis, so it'll be interesting. Um, is this our last question? I yeah, believe it, it is. Leads into predictions. 
at for at at Irish for life fifty five five five. Will Syracuse score more points than any other Irish opponent this season? I think they will score more meaningful points. Twenty seven by weight was not a real twenty seven. That right. was relevant. That was completely relevant. But, I mean, they just stopped. They had. The defense the running put in at the end of that was let's get the, let's get right. out of here. They were that was when how that many was Samson, Bo Bauer, and everybody else. That was when that Bo, game? Bauer, <laughs> okay, Bo Bauer had a really rough uh, uh, game at linebacker that day. Yeah, how'd you like to play your first <laughs> time ever against a high paced Wake Forest yeah. offense? You can't figure out what's going on pre snap, and the quarterbacks are running everywhere. There were yeah, there were a handful of guys that played snaps in that game, and those are the only snaps that they played. So meaningful points is in that twenty three range, right? Virginia Tech kind of got there, Navy. Um, I don't know. I would. Uh, this question was put last, of course, because you guys are going to make your predictions. Yeah, I don't. Now. I don't know if they get over twenty-seven. Um, I would be shocked if they don't get over the twenty-two or twenty-three that I said is meaningful. I am going to go in the with Ian Book caveat. I think it's a bigger one than anybody cares to admit that Ian Book better be fine playing this game because Notre Dame needs points to win. I don't think they can score that many points though, enough to win the game. I'm going to go that far. And a score? With Ian Book, 38-26. to 26, A lot of field goals. So like four field goals for Syracuse and two So you're shots. saying Notre Dame's covering I nine have, and a half. I have them covering. It's now ten and a half I looked on the road. Wow. Wow. Well, that's good. That 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 bodes well. With, Eight, with Ian Book. With Ian Book. I'm that's also good. with Ian Book because I think Ian Book will start. Like, I... I haven't heard anything oh. behind the scenes this week to make me think Ian Book's not. I'm just no, saying he, he's got to run and get hit. He doesn't sure. have to run and get hit all week, so that's right. yeah, that's the whole thing for me. Yeah, it's. I mean, he, I get, if he got knocked out of the Northwestern game, then I would be a little bit more concerned. Like whatever he's playing with, he played a really nice second half at Northwestern with, so that gives me a little bit more confidence that he'll be fine. But I, I just, I have not heard anything from anyone behind the scenes at Notre Dame that is. Would lead me to believe that Ian Book is not ready to go this week. I would, I would agree with that. I, I thought that he could have played last week, but he didn't dress. So you would dress him if he could humanly possibly play, right? Because things can go wrong, right? Right? <laughs> right? Right? Book. So that's why that's why I'm saying that yeah. if he didn't dress and he was he was hurt, he was yeah. hurt. Yeah, no question. So so there has to be some question. Seven days later. That's why I asked Brian Kelly on Sunday. It was like, okay, well, he's going to practice on Tuesday. I'm like, what, 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 18 hours ago, he couldn't, he didn't dress. But I get, you know, there's certain protocol, and I get that. I, you know, I understand that. But, um, prediction. I, yeah, you got prediction. Yeah, I mean, with the book, I, like I said in earlier in this podcast, I think it's sort of an all you can eat for Chip Long on Saturday. So I think Notre Dame is going to get in the 40s. So I'll, I'll put Notre Dame at 45. I, I do think Syracuse will score a little bit too. I'll put them right on the uh, the Wake Forest number of 27. So 45-27 Notre Dame. I'm thinking over like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like where where was your 38-26 range? Well, that's that's over. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking over. I'm a bit hesitant to pick Notre Dame to cover. Just that's a lot of points then yeah. for Syracuse if you're yeah. Not I mean ten, to cover. Yeah, I mean ten ten and a half. Um, you, you know, know 41, I don't. 31 I don't range. I'm in the 38-30-ish range right now. I've got a radio show to do later today, and then I'm preview tomorrow. So a little closer than we have been, right? Yeah, I just yeah. I'm, I guess I'm a little hesitant, double digit um, away from home. Although I don't even know if the away from home at this point matters. Notre Dame's ready to play. I mean, I, I think they're ready to play. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't think. You know, he, I mean, health wise, other than book, I think everything's where it needs to be, and. 
and you go out and get it done. Yeah, I think they'll be. I think they'll be fine. Um, you know, the, the uniforms, the stadium, oh, the playing surface, the travel. Oh, no, no. I, I, I held out so long. I know, I didn't mean to. I just clicked on how something on Facebook po- and it How was is it right possible there. you haven't seen it until I now? Didn't want to, I didn't look at the announcement because I oh, don't I asked, need to. I asked Heinish about, did you, were you there, Pete, I when I asked there. Heinish about the uniforms? I was so sad. It popped on my screen, this giant helmet, like, oh. All that, yeah, all that all he, it. I kind of like the helmets, but all, all that Heinish cares about is putting the eye black all over his face. He doesn't care about anything else. Kareem's is, I think Kareem's is impressive too. But Kareem's <laughs> got the stuff going on with the different color on his face. And Dalen Hayes, by the way, called them two nerds yeah. on that one last night. That well, that's that's putting a lot of fun, different colors. That's putting a it hell of a lot more thought into it than it's probably it's like necessary. Makeup. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Tim and I will be back uh, presumably on the field at Yankee Stadium, which is a cool thing. Uh, looking forward to that. We'll be back on Saturday. And uh, this has been Irish Illustrated Insider. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to the Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. If you enjoy our coverage of Notre Dame football, please consider supporting the podcast with a small donation. Go to irishillustrated.com support. Your support will help Irish Illustrated continue to be the leader in coverage of Notre Dame athletics.